Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining me today. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Damascus shall be destroyed, according to the 17th chapter and verse 1 of Isaiah. The burden of Damascus, behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city. It shall be a ruinous heap. The cities of Aurora are forsaken. They shall be for flocks, which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. The fortress also shall cease from Ephraim, the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. They shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord. In that day that it shall come to pass, the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. And it shall be as when the harvest man gathered the corn and reaps the ears with his arm. It shall be as he that gathers the ears in the valley of Rephidim. Now, we don't quite understand all that, maybe. But, Let's take a look at it from another angle. Let's go to Jeremiah 49, verse 23 through 27. Jeremiah 49 says this, verse 27. Well, let's start with 23. Concerning Damascus, Hamath is confounded in Arpad, for they have heard evil tidings. They are faint-hearted. They melt away. There is sorrow on the sea, and it cannot be quiet. Damascus is waxed feeble, turns herself to flee, and fear has seized on her. Anguish and sorrows have taken her as a woman in travail. In other words, about ready to deliver a child. How is the city of praise not left, the city of my joy? Therefore her young men shall fall in the streets, and all her men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord of hosts. And I will, conf or I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Wow. This may very well be the site of the beginning of World War III. Vladimir Putin seems to think so. And um, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. He's, as I understand it, a Russian Orthodox, which is a basic Catholic with a slight Russian twist to it. But I believe personally that he's got some pretty interesting insights into the problems and trials and troubles that are there in Syria and in the world. Now, do I believe in everything that he does? No. That it's, that it's a good thing? No. How about our own president? No, not really. When you sign documents that aren't um, read... That's not a good thing. We criticized Obama for doing that. 
Oh boy, so nobody's perfect. When we get in office, we begin to realize how much we fall into traps. Some things have to be done on a certain timeline, have to be done by a certain date. And if you can't get it read by that time, guess what? You either don't get the funding you need to have in a certain area, or nothing happens at all. And so you get criticized either way. It's a trap. So God, please help our leadership to do the right things. Another point is that the World War III must happen according to Scripture. According to Scripture. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and troubles of all kinds, earthquakes in diverse places. This is just off the top of my head from Matthew 24. If you want a detailed description of what's going to happen in the Middle East, all we have to do, and this is starting in uh, chapter uh, 49 again of, uh, of Jeremiah concerning Damascus and Arpad and Hamath. They are confounded. They've heard evil tidings. They are faint-hearted. Damascus is wax feeble. Okay, now, so what happens with her enemies and with the people around her, like Iraq and Saudi Arabia and Turkey and Jordan and Israel? Well, it's all going to blow up. It's going to get out of hand. And we already have chaos. That's what we tend to provoke. We tend to provoke so that we can have an enemy to fight. And then we can tax the people and make them pay for the war. It's kind of a rich man's game, seems to me, a scheme. It's all satanic in uh, actual propagation. That's how it got here. Edom also shall be a desolation, desolation, Every one that goes by it shall be astonished and shall hiss at all the plagues thereof. Well, Edom is Idumea, which involves the whole Middle East. As in the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring cities thereof, says the Lord, no man shall live there. Neither a son of man shall dwell in it. Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the swelling of the Jordan against the habitation of the strong. But I will suddenly make him run away from her. And who is a chosen man that I may appoint over her? Who is like me? God says. And who will appoint me a time? In other words, um, a day in court. And who is that shepherd that will stand before me? Therefore, hear the counsel of the Lord. He that has taken against Edom and his purposes, he that has purposed against the inhabitants of Timon or Timon, surely at least the, the least of the flock shall draw them out 
and surely he shall take their habitations and make them desolate. The earth is moved at the noise of their fall. At the cry of the noise thereof was heard, where? In the Red Sea. Wow. Behold, he shall come up and fly as an eagle, spread his wings over Basra, and at that day shall the heart of the mighty men of Edom be as the heart of a woman in her pains. World War III must happen. And in order to make it happen, there must be preparations. And that is what we see today. But there is good news on the other side. But before we talk about that briefly, I want to talk about the um, ninth, or the 18th chapter of Revelation. And after these things, I saw another angel, this verse 1, come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened by his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the uh, abundance of her delicacies. And what could that be but oil? That's what they have over there. They have oil and natural gas. So what's the outcome of this? Well, we'll read on a little bit. I want to take you now to Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastes greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. In that day the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet, an alarm against the fenced cities like Damascus, Aleppo, etc., and against the high towers or embattlements. And I will bring distress upon men that they, that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh as dung. Neither shall their silver or their gold be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by fire, the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make a speedy riddance, an end, yes, a terrible end, of all them that dwell in the land. Oh, that's pretty scary stuff. Verse 9 of chapter 2 says, Therefore as I live, says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom. Woe, and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah, even the breeding 
of nettles and salt pits, a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people, my nation, shall possess them. This is what they will get for their pride, because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts, the Jews. In other words, verse 11 the Lord will be terrible unto them, and he will famish all the gods of the earth. Wow. And the men shall worship him instead. In other words, every one from his, his place, even all the islands of the heathen, heathen nations. Verse 12 of chapter 3 in Zephaniah says, I will also leave in the midst of you an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. Wow. Now let's go to Zechariah. We went to Zephaniah. Let's go to Zechariah next to the last book in the so-called Old Testament. To me, it's one book, not old and new. It's all old, let's face it. You know, the New Testament was written about 2,000 years ago. That's pretty old to me. Uh, let's see, let's go to chapter 12, and uh, starting in verse 1. The burden of the Lord, the, no, the burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, says the Lord, which stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and formed the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling or reeling unto the, to all the people round about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. In that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, all that burden themselves with it shall be cut into pieces, sorely wounded, though, and all the people of the earth shall be gathered together against him, against Judah and Jerusalem. So even though everybody in the world is against Jerusalem, they will prevail. In that day, says the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment, his writer with madness. I will open the eyes upon, or my eyes upon the house of Judah, and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. Huh. In verse 6, this is uh, again chapter 12 of Zechariah. In that day I will make their governors, the governors of Judah, like a hearth. Well, that's where we burn stuff in the fireplace. A, fire, uh, a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch in a sheaf, a torch of fire in a sheaf. And they shall devour all the people round about. On the right hand and on the left, Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. 
The Lord shall also save the tents of Judah first, the glory of the house of David, and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He that is feeble among them at that day shall be like David. Remember how fleet-footed David was? And the house of David shall be as God as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. All the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. That would be Jesus. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for the loss of his firstborn. Now I want to take you to chapter 13 to finish up here. Verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow says the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. That's exactly what happened to Jesus and the disciples. And I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Now in chapter 14, something really interesting. I will gather, and this is, uh, well, let's start in verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of you. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go into captivity, and the residue of the people will not be cut off from the city. Then, and get this, then the Lord shall go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights in the day of battle. Let me tell you, folks, God fights to win, and he will not be defeated. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there will be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half toward the south. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azel, or Azel. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with him are with you, the holy ones. It shall come to pass in that day that it shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day to God which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. It shall be in that day that living water will go out of Jerusalem, half toward the former sea, that is the eastern sea, and half toward the western sea. In the summer and the winter it shall be. And... The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord, 
and his name won. May God speed that day. Well, if you'd like to know more, if you'd like to read more, and I don't know everything, but you can go to my website and read the eight books that I've written. And they're really large collections of Bible stories or Bible wording, Bible reading. I mean, it's a lot of quotations that are put together on a different theme than you may have heard before. Namely, the kingdom of God, not going to heaven, not frying in hell forever, not being evolved from slime, etc. Itellwhy.com is the name of the website where you can go to get this stuff. It's free. There's a PDF file for everything. You can download it. You can do whatever you want to with it. You can also get my email address there, which happens to be jesusisy at gmail.com. Email me your questions or suggestions. I would appreciate it. I hope you have a great day, and thanks for listening. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Have a great day.